0: backstage.
1: Oh which yeah. Y'all, which y'all showcased dude. That Thanks was, bro. That was intense. Dude it was that was a lot of fun. I used to actually work there. so like, snap. Yeah during college that was my um that was my internship. Oh okay. And um Brittany and um Brittany and Ray are the ones that put it on and uh Ray is like a, a hit songwriter himself but they um they took me on as an intern I think at the end of my freshman year. So I did that for a minute and you know I was getting to meet all these songwriters and stuff and then you know it uh it came a time where where I got the the opportunity to have my deal and then I left them but they've stayed such good friends and she always invites me back to play and it's so nice to to be able to meet like the the songwriters that are playing on that show that day too because yeah. like I mean every time that they have a show, they have somebody who's had a number one yeah, on it because it's like a hit songwriter showcase. So it's nice to meet them, but it's also just nice to go back and see her, you know, Yeah, she's just been a friend.
0: So were you doing
1: like the door guy kind of thing? Or? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was checking names off the list at the front door <laughs> every day, bro. That's sick. I sucked at it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I, I could never find their names on the list. I'd be like flipping through like three times and I'm like, oh, it's on the first page. <laughs> I'm like... She's yeah. Like yeah, just go in. Yeah, I yeah. was <laughs> like, you're good. <laughs>
0: so, so is that kind of how you? So you said you had a deal. Is that how you got like, uh,
1: your, your current deal was meeting people through there? No. So it actually, it's a it's a really serendipitous story, honestly. Um, to me, it's it was definitely a God thing. Um, but, so I met one of my good good friends. Um, her name's Kendall Innskeep, and I met her probably oh yeah right when i moved to town so probably almost four years ago now um and we just became friends like we have very similar like just interests and likes yeah um in the music realm you know and we both i think like to sing like soulful music Mm -hmm. and uh, so we hit it off right away we became like really fast um like writing partners yeah so we we started writing a bunch and then um she got a deal with the company that I'm at right now. And um, she was going to do like the little showcase for them to be like, hey, here's who you signed, you know, so y'all can, you know, kind of take a look. Mm. Um, and I played with her for that. And then Brett, who's the owner of the company, mm. um, had heard me play before, but that night after the after the showcase, he offered me a deal. That's so, sick. And that's the deal that I'm at right now. I've been with them for almost two years.
0: Yeah. How has that deal kind of like evolved over these two years? it's like, mm, a good question. Um, and like what would it kind of look like, you know, I know there's so many, uh, there's so much talk about like what's a good deal and a bad deal. Like is this yeah. deal working for you? Like how how did it start out? Yeah. And how do they kind of pitch it to you?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think at least from, from what I know, um, which is not a lot. <laughs> but, okay. uh, I think it was a pretty standard first deal for like a Nashville songwriter, you know. And um, I can honestly tell you more about how I felt about it and how that's changed more than mm. what the deal has actually changed. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, it's changed and evolved uh, as per the contract. Sure. You know, like there's certain things that um, that change in the contract every period. Or, or whatever. I don't, I don't know how much I'm at liberty to discuss that sure. part of it. But um, I think for me, I started out, I was like so green and so ready. And I just like pedal to the metal was writing all the time. And um, I definitely burn out a couple of times. Um, so that was interesting because it showed me the limits of my creativity. You know what I mean? And because before that, you know, I think, uh, and really often I think us as like creative people, we, we look at our, our creativity as our tools, like, like this is our bag. This is our, our, our tool chest, you know? Right. Um, and for me that showed me very quickly how much my creativity is a gift and how, um, it's like, it's a renewable resource, I guess, but you can exhaust it really quickly sure. and then you it's like it's like playing a like a a, a game yeah, on your yeah. phone where you have Stamina. to wait for more energy yeah. to go back and play another round yeah 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 but yeah so like i i learned how to deal with that i think pretty early on and um i'm still learning how to do it man it's still like balance just in general sorry i know i'm bouncing all around different no, topics and shit but um yeah, I think I just learned a lot about balance over this time. And then also just like, it changed a lot of my views on music and writing and creativity in general. And I mean, still things that I go back and forth on all the time. I think like anybody does, um, you know, with just, I guess the, the grand, grandiose idea of being creative, but, um, just figuring out what I want my songs to be what do I want to write for? And it's like feeling okay if I just want to write something fun or if I want to write something deep. Um, And I think the conclusion that I'm at right now, at least, and this will probably evolve and change, um, is that, you know, all the music that I write for myself and even for other people too, I want, you know, pieces of, of truth and reality in that for sure. Yeah. And especially for my own music, I want it to be real and authentic and, uh I want it to be able to to portray something that feels honest, yeah, um, and that was a challenge to learn how to put that into songs that you're writing for other people, sure, because you know you what you think of as honest for you might not be the same for somebody else, and learning how to put you know it, something real about how I'm feeling and like what I wanna say. And how I want to say it into a song about a beer and a truck, was very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. And I'm still learning. But yeah, I, I would say I think that's like the biggest thing that this deal has changed for me is just my mm. outlook yeah. on music and my my own career and yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And I'm sure like you know the levels of appreciation that you have for the industry and like what kind of position you you pl- like what role you play in this whole thing. You know, I'm sure that that view has changed, too, because I know whenever I start making um start making money from playing music totally. it definitely changes the way that you interface with music, you listen to music in your free time. Yeah. The way you enjoy yourself and not just working uh, in music, but being around music in Nashville. Mm-hmm. How has Nashville changed your relationship with music? That's a loaded question. <laughs> That's a loaded question, dude. Oh
1: shoot. Um, whew, okay. Because
0: not not just in like not not just in um the the way that you feel about doing the music all the time, but yeah. like I'm sure you also get these these individual moments that kind of weigh more than the the, the rest of the time. Like these these moments mm. that maybe are like are more significant even though they're rarer Mm. like so talk like what what kind of things have you experienced in nashville that have changed the way that you kind of uh, appreciate music day to day
1: totally dude um yeah i mean i I mean i'm sure you know already even you've been here a short (laughs) time but it's like this town is so overly saturated in music yeah and sometimes that feels amazing and sometimes that feels so shitty yeah because there's so many good people Yeah. And there's so many good people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's inspiring and damning at the same time, but like, um, I don't know. I think, you know, I was just so green and excited when I moved here and it felt very inspiring and enlivening to be in a place where everybody else felt the same way about music that I did. But yeah, dude, I think like definitely the, the first, it was my second year living here, I think was the first time I ever took a car ride with the radio off.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, it, <laughs> that it, hit deep. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it hit deep. Yeah, man. I mean it have like does that has that happened to you yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially like when you're doing it for a living and, and as well, you know. You're listening and creating music all day. And I was talking to one of my buddies about this actually. Um he's a great producer. Um and he has two kids and a wife and He's uh, been like a, a contractor most of his life, you know, and um, I was talking to him about it and he was like, yeah, because I, I feel like most people who have like the nine to five mindset don't really understand how draining it is to create as well. Right. And I was talking to him and I was like, man, how do you feel about it? And he he told me that he was like, I could build houses all day in the hot Texas sun, come home, have dinner watch a movie, like play with my kids. He said, when I come home from a studio session or a writing session, I'm done for the rest of the day. <laughs> He's like, I'm quiet. My eyes are just yeah. see-through, you yeah. know? He's yeah, like, I'm not yeah, thinking yeah. about anything. Yeah, And um, so it's like, I think it's very easy to discredit how emotionally draining it can be. Yeah. Especially because we have this stigma around, you know, like, well, I don't know if I necessarily call it a stigma because it's, it's true at the same time. It's like, you you know, the old saying, it, you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. But that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't take something out of you. Right. At the same time. And it's like, I love it every day. Yeah. But I need rest sometimes.
0: Yeah. I think it's so hard too because as creatives, we judge ourselves so hard. hundred percent. So it, you know, whenever you're doing like physical labor, like when I've worked on maintenance crews and mm-hmm. stuff, you really, you really kind of just get to like focus on the task at hand. A hundred percent. And like when there's so much less like judgment and self-critique mm-hmm. and uh, emotion and vulnerability, like there's none of that in totally in physical labor, but like this creative art is like, oh, how is this gonna be perceived? How is this mm-hmm. true to who I am? You know, there's so many things that we're, we're, you know, critiquing and it's it's exhausting. And it is also just like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a spiral. It, yeah. it, it can, it can lead to worse art and then it leads to a spiral of, you know, feedback loop of judgment.
1: A hundred percent, dude. And that's, that's when, yeah, exactly like you said the the art starts to go downhill. Yeah. And then you start to judge everything you're writing based off of what you think is gonna sell or what you think is gonna definitely went through that phase. But um but yeah dude I don't know I think there is still like <laughs> yeah yeah on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lighter note. We love what we do. <laughs> yeah I think there is something to be said about uh, about like manual labor though. Yeah honestly um yeah I've been recently getting back into it like um like just getting outside and working. I, I read this book recently. Um, shoot, what was it called? Um, I'll have to get back to you on that because it's a really good book. Um, mm. But one of the chapters talks about um, getting back in touch with, and I mean specifically for, for men, yeah. um, getting back in touch with your your manhood. And yeah. like, you know, I think there's like, as, as dumb as it sounds, like there's something like primal about like getting your hands dirty for sure, building something and like seeing the fruits of your labor, and also it like it has a creative element to it because it's like you're getting to make something and then you see it right there. Yeah, you know. Whereas like in music, even if you write the song, even if you're gonna record it, that's gonna that whole process is probably gonna take three months for, before you yeah. get a final, a final right. you know bounce. And um, yeah, it, it's just. I don't know, Is there's something to be said about balancing yeah. because when you're all, it's the pendulum swing, right? It's yeah. like, excuse me, when you're all emotion heavy, then your highs are going to be really high and your lows are going to be really low. And that's not necessarily bad, but. It can be dangerous. You, right, yeah. exactly. It could be self-destructive. It right, can be, uh, ungrounded. Yeah. You know? It can be intense. Yeah, 100%. And then it just, I feel like it creates like a volatile lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't have anything that grounds you in a different way. Yeah. If music is your only focus, if anything is your only focus, you know, that you don't have anything to pull you back.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, physical like labor and work is very therapeutic. Yeah. It can be, can also, you know, break you too. But in just in the sense of like, I, I, you know, you get out of your mind, you get out of your head, um, there's some moments of creating that that can be like that too, where it's therapeutic, but it's just, uh, it's good to expend energy. You know, you don't, some of the craziest I've been is being cooped up in a house. Like, you know, really didn't physically do that much, but but thinking and just, you know, using my brain all day and not, you know, expending any of that energy. Like that seems to be what we're really made to do is just like Mm -hmm. work and, and yeah, if we right. don't get
1: that out, then
0: it's just, you're, you're just going to be
1: pent up. Right. How And like, how did you feel when you were working on like those, on those jobs, like those construction jobs and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I was working like, um, so
0: the recording studio, Dockside Studio, yeah. I used to do some like work at the rent houses and stuff. Okay. And yeah. I mean, it's just, you kind of, you, you know what you got to do for the day and you, you almost don't realize how much work you've done until you take a lunch break, until you, you're done for the day, and it's like, oh, snap. Like, one, I did a lot. I'm exhausted. I feel I feel great, but I also feel, like, decompressed. Like, I feel completely, like, used, and I, it feels good. It's a good feeling to, like, right. have, have you know, all this progress you just made in the day, and it, it it's a great feeling.
1: A hundred percent, dude. Like, goal-oriented things. Yeah. You know, I've been, the reason I ask is because I'm like, I've been trying to, you know, I just never have been a disciplined person. Sure. So <laughs> I'm trying to like, you know, find ways to, to implement like task oriented mentality more into my daily life. Yeah. Because it's like when you're, I, I don't know, when you're in a creative field, it's very easy to justify doing anything. Yeah. You know? Right. And you don't necessarily, like you said, have a task that you do like, right. I need to get this done this day. It's like a lot of it's just floating in the air because it's like, it could get done anytime. And, that, that's probably one of my biggest frustrations with the music industry is yeah. everybody is very <laughs> you know and I mean not everybody yeah. And yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it makes it fun it makes yeah. it a really fun environment and I yeah I absolutely love all the people that I work with um oh, but yeah. yeah it's just it's it's also hard because everybody has an independent career and it's hard to get people on the same page to do something yeah you know. But yeah, sorry for that tangent.
0: <laughs> no man, it's good. And uh, man, bringing that up reminds me of uh, like man working at Dockside. And we were talking about like driving with the the radio off. Man, there was a yeah. great quote from Steve Nails, the owner. He said, uh, his, "My favorite song is Silence." <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, that's a that's someone who owns a recording studio. Right. Literally, like makes his entire living around producing records, and and he's around music constantly, and. Mm-hmm you know it kind of speaks to uh how how we have to you know treat ourselves and how we have to relax with with just turning the the ear sensations off like totally like so much ear uh stimulation is yeah. just it gets old and uh you need to you need to break from it which is like you know most people i get jealous of how they listen to music they listen to way more music than i do i
1: know yeah
0: it's crazy it's like uh, I just don't pleasure listen to music that
1: much. Right, right, right. Like, how much? Um, how much new music do you seek out on a regular basis, dude? Not much. Yeah, I was gonna see like what kind of listener are you? Are you like? Because I know for me, I'm I find like four or five new songs maybe a month, mm. maybe every two months, and then I listen to those on repeat. Yeah, yeah, and you I'm, burn them out. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, dude. I burn every song out until i can't listen to it anymore (laughs) yeah but i'll keep it on one playlist so i can go back and look at the periods of my life and be like this is what i was listening to i was like i had horrible taste freshman year of high school yeah you know (laughs) yeah 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 i've always been i mean ever since
0: i started trying to do music professionally yeah i've always just been listening to the music that i was learning for the gig right or whatever and uh and and just lately, it's just been like, man, I just want to listen to a podcast. I just want to listen to a, yep. a comedy special or something. Like the the music, it's all sounding the same. It's all blending together. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, or if I'm I'm listening to it, I'm trying to learn it. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want my brain to be on like uh, that.
1: Ah, that. that's a great point too. Yeah, it's like it's very hard not to listen critically to music. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that big time, dude.
0: Yeah. And I started, you know, doing some production, like started recording myself mm-hmm. and recording my band. So now when I'm listening to songs, I'm like, oh man, that snare sound is crazy. Like, right. I'm like, oh, that, uh, mm-hmm. like, man, how would I do that? How could I get that or whatever? And even right. when I'm watching videos, like when I started editing the podcast and stuff, now mm-hmm. every time I watch a video, I'm thinking like, okay, they're they're cutting to a new angle, like every three seconds they're uh what was the the swing like how are right. they like how are they producing
1: this product like mm-hmm. so it's, it's changed the way i interface with other people's art totally dude it's weird it's like don't you wish that you could just go back and <laughs> <Yeah>. just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first time you watch a movie yeah dude or like the first time you heard insert band here right. that you love right and you're like, I wish I could hear that music for the first time without any of this. Right. Without any of these boxes. That I, yeah. You know? It's because yeah. that's such our, our human nature. It's like put everything. I actually learned about this in a philosophy cl- or philosophy. No, yeah. P- psychology class one oh, time. Okay. It's like we have these things in our head that are pre-programmed to divide all of the, the data that comes in. Like all mm-hmm. of the st- outside stimulus. Yeah to be able to help us handle it and not freak out yeah it automatically says okay like i don't have to think about that being a plant in the yeah, corner yeah, when yeah. i walk in i'm like plant yeah <laughs> couch yeah. cool yeah. you know or like somebody it's, we do the same thing with people right it's like we, when i when i meet somebody i'm trying to like figure out who like what style of person they are because right you know we have like you know, I'm like, oh, is this guy a jock? Or is like, do they and fit like riot. the stereotypes? And yeah. you have those in your head, and you're just, like trying to put you're yeah. trying to pin somebody down, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I forgot where I was going with
0: that, yeah. Like, humans are really like they're organizers, they're labelers, yeah, they you know, it, it's pretty automatic to just uh categorize stuff. And it's and it's like when you're listening to music, you know, you're automatically like, oh, that's a, a one four five, that's a, like a GDC, and like. Like that's a this, that, this. And I'm like, you know, first time I heard like uh Fortunate Son, Creedence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. or whatever, one of my favorite songs of all time. And then I learned how to play guitar a little bit better and I realized it's just like GCD. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, like some part of me lost an appreciation for that song once I realized how simple it was. Totally. But I'm like... What? that's so unfair because it sounds incredible. Right. It's a great song. That's so unfair. I know. <laughs> it's like No,
1: dude, you're so right. It's like Yeah, dude, you hit you hit my my point <laughs> on the head right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's 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 super unfair. It's just kind of stupid. I hate that we do that. Yeah. Because you know the same thing. It's like you go to any kind of concert. Are you hear like Pink Floyd? It's kind of like I mean they they have a lot more complex Sure. stuff in their music but sure. um but yeah dude I, it, it makes it hard as a musician and as a creator too i feel like that's where we get these two different casts of like this is contemporary yeah music and this is music for musicians yeah, yeah you yeah. know it's like we are the only ones that listen to jacob collier right that's true you know what i mean and it's yeah, like it should be way bigger it should be way right way more listened to right a hundred percent i agree but it's like it's just like I mean, it's like anything with with drugs or alcohol or anything. It's like once you get the first little, you have to you have to up the game. You have to mm, constantly search right. for things you don't understand in music to be mm, stimulated by it. Wow, you know, because yeah. like, and that's why wow. I like I've I've gone back and forth with like wanting to learn jazz. Yeah, because part of me wants to know how to do it but also part of me just wants to be able to enjoy jazz and not know what the fuck's going on (laughs) (laughs) that's a great point you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah
0: that's true man and it's like and then also once you go down that path then you're gonna be unsatisfied exactly you are gonna have to friggin up it up man like my roommate's been showing me this crazy fusion uh you know drumming and music it's just been insane and like i can't even begin to wrap my brain around it and like it's impressive but at the same time i'm like yo i i grew up in louisiana i want to dance to my music like yeah i want to be able to freaking dance with somebody yeah but like i can appreciate
1: <laughs> like, <Right>. whatever <laughs> but like i'm yeah. like dang man i'm like give it a break yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't do i feel the same way about about vocalists yeah. you know it's a big thing for me like I try to I find runs all the time that I'm trying to, mm. you know, recreate. But at the same time it's like nobody wants to listen to me do that. Yeah. They want to listen to a song, mm. you know? And I want to listen to a song. I don't want to listen to I don't I don't want to <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. And I can appreciate it so deeply like, you know, voices like Yebba yeah, or like, mm. you know, like Layla Hathaway. Okay. Can who can do Have you ever heard of Layla? No. Dude, she's it's so crazy. She can sing two notes at the same time by like doing something weird with her vocal cords. Oh, chords. I have heard this. It's kind of like Mongolian throat singing. Yes, yes. That's I, k- but it's like, <laughs> whoo- and she does like an overtone, but her overtones are super loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so insane. Yeah. But it's like, I won't put that on in my car just to listen to her go, <laughs> whoo. <laughs>
0: But she was like the girl that could like change the note that she yeah like oh Mm -hmm. that's crazy controlling two different notes with your voice like yeah can't even imagine that
1: dude
0: dang um so that was that was awesome let's go on like a little tangent here okay Uh, so we were talking about like inspiration for songs what have been some of like the bigger life moments that have created some of your better songs oh um. and maybe it
1: wasn't even big life moments but just yeah dude i mean honestly i feel like the best songs come from the smallest details mm. about a big thing oh okay um for me yeah um one of my favorite songs that i have written right now um this is a song called good grief and it it i wrote it about i i recently well i guess not recently anymore but I uh I went through probably the the toughest breakup I've been mm-hmm. through in in my life um yeah. you know last year mm-hmm. and like for like the first 6 7 months after it I didn't really feel anything mm-hmm. and I thought I was such a shitty person. Yeah. You know I was like, "Damn. I I like I don't feel anything. I what was I doing? I must have not really loved her." Mm. And I felt so guilty for that. Um but then I I saw her with a a new guy and I was like, it all came flooding back and I was like, Oh, I was just pushing this down. It's all been here. And that led to a lot of realizations about myself. But the, you know, there's, there's smaller details like, like that piece of, it wasn't just like the, the bigger idea of the breakup. Yeah. It was that specific feeling. Cause I think, I think what people are drawn to is perspective on a situation because I mean, we all know the the saying like "there's nothing new under the sun." It's like nobody's gonna write something that nobody has heard before, mm. and yeah. um, but we can write a unique take on a feeling that everybody knows, you know. Mm. And yeah. um, so I guess that's what I was trying to achieve with that song, um, and it, it that song just hits close to home for me. But yeah, I I think it it definitely doesn't always have to come from, like, a deeply emotional thing. Yeah. You know, it can also just come from just having fun, having a good time, or, like, a really good night, or you meet somebody, and you just, like, have that little giddy feeling, you know? Yeah. Or you're like, I want to be around you all the time, <laughs> you know? I want to yeah. put my jacket down on a puddle. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, and I mean, I think it comes from different places for everybody, you know, for... For me, it just comes from, you know, sitting with myself and rehashing all those things in my head, you know, to come up with Dude, those ideas. That but, is an incredible
0: song, man. That was that was one of my favorite songs from that backstage show you did, man. Thanks, that was a, brother. That's
1: a great song. I appreciate it, man. That's, it's, uh, it means a lot. I, it's, it's been received really well, which makes me happy because, you know, it's not something that means a lot to you and something that people are going to connect with aren't always the same thing. Yeah, but it seems that people are really, you know, vibing with it. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy about that because it really does mean a lot to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's cool how people can relate to that,
0: and like, it's just something that you experience. So it's like, it must be a kind of a superpower for songwriters to like be introspective, like to look within themselves, and just do something that's so them that it's everyone.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, I mean that's dude, I I think it's like I think everybody has a gift of saying things how they say them. You know, I yeah. think I really believe more people are songwriters than they than they think sure. are out there. You know, it's not just the people that are getting paid to do it or the people that are having songs cut or anything. Sure. It's like, you know, I'm, I've heard people and like a lot of us, you know, I feel like we get away with it because we listen to things that other people say and we're like, that's a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, but those people don't even realize what they're saying yeah. is something that is gold, you yeah. know. But um but yeah, I mean I do the thing that's beautiful about that to me is just like <clears throat> I think as artists we also have a lot like a, a big tendency to feel misunderstood you know yeah yeah yeah. and i think moments like that when a song is received in that light it gives a little bit of reassurance to everybody involved it's like our experiences are not too far apart from each other sure and i understand what it's like to be human on the baseline and that's what connects us and like bringing the world together in that way, I think is really beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. That's that's incredible.
1: Dude, Thanks for coming, by the way. I appreciated dude, it. Was, I'm sorry. I didn't dude, get to come talk
0: to you after. Dude, that was no, I mean, it really blew me and Brad away, man. It was like your songs, CJ's songs. They yeah. And she the way, ass? the way y'all sing them, bro. is so <laughs> freaking badass. And like, I, you know, I've only been here uh, like two months or so. Yeah. Like, You know, you said backstage Nashville. I was like, okay, like, sure. I I walk in. I was not expecting a room packed with, like, 100-plus people, 200 people. Like, couldn't find a seat. Like, just (laughs) slam with people. I was like, okay, like, this is what's happening. And then, like, you know, the the quality of the songs were just like, yeah, I mean, this is real deal stuff. Like, this is, these are, like, the little hidden gems because... You know, if you go do in Nashville, it's Broadway and you Mm -hmm. go and see the cover songs and seeing the bands who totally just met the other musicians in the band for that gig. Right. (laughs) It might not be like as tight of art as like, you know, you really want to want to see in Nashville. But like you go to some some songwriter around like the backstage or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's an entire an entire venue of people there just for original music and just for songwriting. And like, you, you could never ever get anything like that in Louisiana. I was about to a, say, a dude, room. I was like, how
1: different is that? <laughs> how different is that? <laughs> a sold out room where the
0: cover is $20. And it's like to have people in Louisiana pay for a cover and then for, for original music, show. For any show, much less original music, and it's three people with acoustic guitars on stage, it's like, that was incredible, dude. Dude.
1: Yeah, man, thank y'all for coming. <laughs> they awesome. they really put on it. They put on such a good event though, too. It's like they really know what they're doing and their like their dream is to, you know, showcase those riders. Um I think Nashville does a, a a good job of that just with the rounds and it's like that's part of the culture here. Yeah. And that's what makes it cool. You know, it's what makes it uh, desirable for people to want to go out and spend money on it. Um Yeah. But yeah, they just had the first songwriters round ever on the Opry. Oh wow! Yeah, Holy it cow. was it was a great great round. It was the the Warren Brothers, Red Akins, and um, I think Jesse Alexander. Um, they freaking smash, dude. And people, the I think the more people learn about that kind of style, I think it'll just be good for the world, man. I that's yeah. one of my one of my big things that I want to do. Like when I grow. A little bit more in my career here yeah once i get more established and you know i can i guess like even afford to but i would want to go back to lafayette and give back in the musical community somehow mm. because like i was talking to a good buddy of mine about this the other day it's like in lafayette and so many other cities across the world it's like kids don't know that music is a professional opportunity right and they don't even know that that opportunity exists so it's like you know if i didn't go to music lessons when i was younger and my parents were like yeah join the band i probably wouldn't be here i yeah. wouldn't be writing songs in nashville mm. um but like you know, you think about how many kids and especially like where we where we are at how many blue collar families there are that expect their kids to you know grow up get a good job yeah. work in the oil field or be a doctor yeah. or a nurse. And that's like, I don't know about you, like that was the main three. It was like either medical field, oil field, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Or a trade. And engineer. Yeah. yeah. Engineer. Yeah. Or welding or something right. like that. Um. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be a, that'd be a big dream of mine is to, you know, go back and, you know, partner with some other folks and yeah. maybe do like a, I think it would be great to have, like, an arts magnet school. Yeah. Or even, you know, like, a, a venue that caters to to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, I don't know. Dude, I mean, like,
0: and you can't, it's so weird because we have, like, creative jobs, <coughs> or, like, creative fields that we're going sure. into. And, like, you know, when COVID happened, those are technically the not essential fields or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, just think about, like, how much change one song can do. Like looking at like Oliver Anthony with this song, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, imagine if we had more people focusing on good art and good music that like the change that could happen Mm. across the whole system is just like, you know, amplifying the, the truth. Yeah. Amplifying like the reality of how people live and how they feel like that would do so much good. And, but you know, you can't knock, the importance of like the service industry or like essential businesses, totally. but like man, to have more opportunity for people to express their truth is like, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see positive change.
1: A hundred percent. I
0: mean, it's it's crazy.
1: A hundred percent. I think, um, you know, I think that's kind of the age that we're living in right now. I think there's, I think there is, you know, obviously a lot of bad things going on. Sure. Our our country is very polarized right now. Sure but in essence we've we've only started talking about these things you right. know and it's like we we're in this age right now where everybody can make a record you know like yeah if you if you want to like i could sit at home with an interface my laptop and a microphone and i can make a record yeah and that's beautiful because like you said like giving more people an opportunity to to speak truth or you know just to share their experience yeah. with the world um and we're just also in a much more connected age, yeah. Too. So it's like, I think we've we've only begun to like kind of see the the outcome of that. I'm also like really excited to see like in 40 years what's going to be the calling card of our generation music wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like every movement had yeah. music behind it. Right. It's like in the 70s, like the peace movement. Yeah. Had like, it was all like folk. It was like Joni Mitchell and like, well, she might've been, she might've been earlier. She might've been the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. But like it was all those cats and then it was rock and roll, man. Yeah. And, you know, and then the eighties, it was like new Jack swing and like the, (laughs) like super, super, you know, eighties pop sounding stuff. So I'm like, I'm interested to see what that, like what that thing is going to be for our generation.
0: I think that's always been, like, a deep goal of mine is to, like, be a part of the music that this generation's remembered for. Right. It's, like, to not really do something so avant-garde and so crazy like fusion jazz, but just, like, be part of whatever it is that this time is remembered for. Yeah. I hope it's not fusion jazz (laughs) because (laughs) I won't be be a part of it. (laughs) It will be. Brad's saying it will be. (laughs) 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 But,
1: like you know i want to be a part of that you know yeah dude i think that's like it's like all of our deepest desires is to be part of something that means something right and that's going to move people and that's going to change the world yeah it's like we all want to leave our stamp on it yeah you know but not if it's a fusion jazz (laughs) <laughs> not because i
0: don't like it just because i can't play it <laughs> I'm, just I'm just jealous i'm just jealous i missed the boat i was listening to too much stevie ray vaughn yeah. <laughs> but uh so what do you kind of see as like the next steps in your career you were talking about like you know kind of what the the dream would be if once you're successful but what do you kind of see as like the next chapter in what you got going on
1: Oh, dude, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, yeah. I think for me right now, I'm trying to keep it as short-sighted as I can. Sure. Because uh, I just have a tendency to think about the big picture too much. It's it's dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. And um, But yeah, so I mean, like in the immediate future, I'm focused on, I'm working on like three tunes right now. So mm. I'm focused on getting those done, getting those out. Um. You know, taking those, shopping around for some, hopefully some record deals, Um, you know, some like showcase type things and um, just like try to get w- nailed down what I need to do for marketing at mm. all and yeah. how I'm going to make, I guess, like my marketing strategy authentic. Yeah. I guess, because yeah. I, I don't know. Right. I just like the thought of... That's a good point. Not that there's anything wrong with how people are marketing their music right now. But it like, it makes me want to physically curl up into a ball and puke, thinking <laughs> yeah. about sitting with one of these microphones, not on a stand, <laughs> lip syncing <laughs> to one of my songs. You know, I'm like, <laughs> that, dude. Oh, dude, that sounds
0: awful. Dude, if 99% of people are doing it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be what?
1: <laughs> right.
0: It, it's not the right thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just like figuring out like that kind of thing and like, how I can be artistic in that too. Cause I think that'll make me want to do it more because I hate, I hate marketing myself. It feels like
0: we're at a tipping point for this marketing. Cause it's so oversaturated. Yeah. Like you said, the same exact model. And it's just like, it feels like it's about a burst. Right. It's just, I mean, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it'll be one of us, but like someone's going to tip this thing over cause, and just do something completely different. Yeah. And it's going to blow. And I mean, I, I she finna explode. I
1: can't. I can't
0: <laughs> yeah, man, you said it, man. I can't see myself going lip sync my songs
1: on TikTok. Right, bro, man. Yeah, that's just not me. It it yeah, and it shouldn't have to be. No, yeah, right. And like, yeah, the industry. I think like I can't tell you how many industry professionals have told me that I need to get my TikTok numbers oh, up, man. And I'm like. <laughs> I, and I mean, I know it's like, I want to get my social numbers up because that's a way that I can communicate with fans in general too. And it's, it's a good thing. I just, I have a very innate disdain for social media. Sure. Um, just, I don't like it for my own mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just being on it too much is just like, this is ruining me. This is ruining everything. (laughs) Like, I'm not present with the people that I love. I'm not... Mm. I'm more focused on likes and comments than I am about, is my relationship good with my best friend? Sure. You know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think m- turning it into a more of an artistic expression will make me want to um, yeah, put it out there more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's beautiful.
0: Thank and you. My, my girlfriend's getting on my ass about it too. It's just like, yeah, you know, it, it's... Uh, we're we're both creatives, and mm. so like I'm trying to encourage her to post more about what does what, she do? She's a she's a apprentice at a tattoo shop.
1: Oh yeah. So, so
0: she's uh, that's so cool. So she's doing she's putting all these hours in, and, and I'm like, you know, you should show people all these hours you're putting in, like, you know, but you know, she you know keeps me grounded, and like, you know, I shouldn't be caring about what other people think so much as like trying to just create good art, yeah, and like. You know, so it's, like, if I could care less about posting once a week or doing this or that and just focus on, like, actually, like, creating good, solid art. Totally. Like, that that's going to change my relationship with social media from, like, oh, it's a a job and it's not authentic and it's just kind of, like, you know, noise. Mm
1: -hmm. To, like,
0: this is a place where you can come see my art. Like, this is, like, where you can come see me do what I do.
1: Right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No, I mean that's beautiful. It's like how much how much of it is a necessary evil, too. Right. It's like cuz you know, you have you have people like Frank Ocean, yeah, who like nobody knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he drops a record and everybody listens to it. Right. And I don't know how he did that, but I would mm. like to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know how he did that, man. But oh, yeah. um But yeah, I just it's it's hard for it not all to turn into cannon fodder. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah,
0: dude. Dude, I mean, honestly, like, I'm I'm super proud to friggin' to know you, man. Like, dude,
1: same dude, here, bro. Just
0: like, like you were saying, like, you know, kids in Lafayette don't really think about music as like a profession. Yeah. Or whatever. To see you doing what you're doing is like, honestly, inspiring. It's like, freaking dope. The backstage show was dope as hell. Like, uh, and it's just, I, I think, uh, I think the Louisiana guys are, and gals are gonna, you know, leave a good path for people in the future. And there's already some people out here, but I can feel, I can feel it kind of amplifying and feel it kind of connecting. And that's kind of why I'm trying to do the podcast is Mm -hmm. trying to, not just for Louisiana people, I'll have other people on too, but like, to like show like, Hey, follow me. Like, come, like, take my hand. Like, yeah. let's, let's go do this per thing as big as it can possibly be. Because in awesome. Louisiana, there's just not enough information about how it's really done. Mm-hmm. And Nashville holds all the industry over here. And it's like, you know, we have real good culture, good quality people in Louisiana that really have stories to tell. And like, if they just were more educated about how the music industry actually works, mm-hmm. like, you know, we could take some of Nashville, bring it over there. And take some of Louisiana, bring it over here.
1: Totally, man. And I, you know, I admire you for you know taking oh, the leap you, and stuff yeah. too, because it's not easy. You know, I feel I feel like I I had an easier path because you know I had support from you know family and stuff, and I was going to school here too, so I had like another reason. But like for for you and where you're at to just yeah. Pick up and move. That's yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. that's a scary thing, man. Oh man, it's super scary. So yeah. I commend you on your courage. Thank you, dude. And yeah, dude, just like the willingness to be able to go out on a limb. Is yeah. scary <laughs> as shit, dude? That's yeah. so scary. And um, it, it is. It still is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not any less scary yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's been two months. Right. <laughs> um, but, but thank you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, man. Of course. And I do. I totally feel what you're saying. I, I can. I can feel it in the air, dude. I feel a little bit more at home every time somebody from Louisiana moves up. For sure, and I start talking a little bit more like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. May, may yeah, dude, may yeah, bro. But yeah, dude, man.
0: definitely, let's definitely keep in touch, man. Like you know, like you were saying, it's probably gonna be like a, a team effort one day when we're all successful to make
1: yeah, bro, Louisiana uh, 100%. a hundred percent
0: a hub maybe one. Yeah, dude, you got any shows coming up soon? I'm, I've got a show back home. Uh, okay, I'm when's pl- that? November third. I'm playing at KRVS. Um, we're doing a show at Acadiana Center of the Arts. What time? Um it, I think I'm going on at like six
1: thirty. Damn. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna be in Mandeville.
1: Mm. I'm gonna oh, I'm, snap. I know I'm gonna play November the November third? Yeah. Oh nice. The little festival down there. I was like, I think I'm playing yeah. at like eight. Mm. Ah, so yeah. I was like, if you're playing during the day, I'm just gonna come. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I'll be down there for have you heard
0: of Ozone? Um, maybe not the same thing, but I've heard of, uh, like the,
1: like the plugin. Company. The layer. <laughs> oh no. No, I'm kidding. The ozone oh, yeah. layer. <laughs> 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 I haven't heard of the company. I've heard about the atmospheric thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's like a, uh, it's kind of like similar to what I was talking about. It's like a benefit that, um, that helps out like music education with kids and stuff. Oh, sure. Um, but they do like a songwriters festival every year. Oh, snap. So I'm going down there to to perform at that, but um, dude, nice, yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. Um, there's a guy, I should I should connect you with. I, I remind me to give you his number. Word. Um, after this, but sure. But yeah, dude. So what was for the radio so, station? So it's a
0: it's a fundraiser for. It's called fundraising Fado Doe. I guess it's for Krvs. Oh, okay. um, Krvs's 60th anniversary sh- show. They're dang. Um, they're gonna be broadcasting the show on the radio from the ACA. So I'm, Heck yeah. I'm opening up for uh, like Marcel and Terrence Simeon and Corey Lidday. Nice. So it's gonna be sweet, man. It's two, I'm like two Grammy winners I'm opening up for. I'm like, dude, okay. That's gonna
1: be such a fun <laughs> show, dude. <laughs> I'm like, let's go, bro. It's have a- you ever played at ACA before?
0: Yeah, I have. You have? We did, um, did a couple of times, I think, but like, uh, they did. During COVID, they did, like, the Downtown Alive at ACA. Oh, did they? And then they did, like, you know, Lee Allen's had a couple benefits there. Right. So I played the Xeno Fest at ACA. Yeah.
1: How was he? I haven't talked to Mr. Lee in a minute.
0: Man, I just... I just played Festival Cadience with Gerald and, and Lee. Yeah. And Lee's looking good. He's got a goatee now. Oh he's, he's looking sharp. Slick. But uh man, that man's survived a lot and he's still yeah, he's dude. still kicking. And you know, he, he usually sits on his amp, but mm-hmm. for festival he was standing up. He was g- hell yeah, all the, dude. Little I little love group. to see that.
1: So if Lee's standing up for a gig, I'm like, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, dude. He's doing pretty good. Yeah, I love it when he when I get the little the little text from him, He say. How you doing, soul? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that he calls me that. I'm just like... A little morning prayer. Yeah, literally. A hundred percent, man. He's a good dude. I love him. Good, that, man. good man. Oh, yeah. He's done hey. a lot for me, dude. Same here, brother. He played with me for my first full band gig as a solo artist. That's sick. It was amazing. That's how I had first met him. I met him through Juan Nunez. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know Juan? Yeah, I met Juan through Lee. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, man. My dad and Juan went to high school together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, crazy. In like the 80s. <laughs> cool. Yeah, a long time Juan's ago. Juan's a cool cat. He is, man. Yeah. He's got some good songs. Too. He's a good songwriter. I really yeah. enjoy a lot of the stuff that he does. But he was like my first uh, first guitar player I ever saw live.
0: Mm.
1: Nice. Yeah, dude.
0: Dang. Dang, man, well, I appreciate you coming, dude. Yeah, bro, it's been a good one, bro. Let's do it again sometime. I'm down, bro. Anytime, it <laughs> was cool, man. But yeah, man, thank you. Bye, everybody. Peace.